is in the know for Thursday, September 15th, the 258th day of 2022. There are 107 days left in the year. Good morning, MB, guiding you through in the know at K105 on Litchfield's country station. 1039 The Moose, live online at K105.com, via the Apple and Android smartphone app using the SoundCloud, iTunes, or Spotify podcast. On Facebook, on YouTube, we're on Twitter. And the hashtag is in the know. Coming up today, we'll update you on the latest news headlines from around the community, the county, the Commonwealth, and the country. Going to talk to Bobby and Barry from BCT Litchfield. They're going to stop by. We're also going to have today's water cooler question. It will be your chance to prove that you're the smartest person around the water cooler. We'll have that and a whole lot more coming up today here on In the No. Settling into my left, rolling Mach 9 with her hair on fire. The is my beautiful wife. The beautiful girl. It's speed. Good morning, sweetheart. Good morning. How you doing? I'm okay. How are you? Uh, not too bad. Your favorite color is green. Absolutely. You know that my favorite color is blue. Yes. Do you ever give any consideration to why the majority of people say that their favorite color is blue? Like, you're in the minority. Most people's favorite color is blue. Do you know why? Um, I don't know. It's associated with clean water. Clear skies, authority, truth, and tranquility. Like so many softwares use the color blue because it's supposed to make you feel peaceful and serene. Hmm. So I don't know. Well, I mean, I got some. I, know, I can't describe about green in all the various ways, but it's a green, <laughs> okay. green clover, blue diamonds. Uh, now I've gone lucky charms. He's the five time winner of the coveted Ohio News Hawk Award. He's a two-time Silvertown nominee covering every corner of the globe. London, Budapest, Rio, Tokyo, and even Litchfield. And Sam Gormley and thus. Morning, Sam. Morning, Ralph. How you doing? Good. How are you? I'm excited about we got some educational professionals who are coming in uh, a little bit later in the show, and we need them. Uh, clearly. Because I read something extremely disturbing this morning. Less than half of Americans can name all three branches of government. So one out of every two people. That let, doesn't surprise me. Less though. than one out of every two people that you run into in the United States of America can tell you executive, legislative, judicial. That, that, does, that doesn't surprise me. Furthermore, 26% of respondents could na- not name any First Amendment freedoms. <laughs> and the percentage of respondents who listed the right to bear arms, a right protected under the Second Amendment, as a First Amendment protection tripled from 2021, rising by 9%. So even the freedoms that you think you know, you don't know what amendment they're actually protected by. And then the things you think are rights are, you know. So you not. know that I watch 90 Day Fiance, right? Yes, ma'am. So that is, people are trying to get green cards, right? Mm-hmm. 
I would really hate to take that test. And I'm a test taker. <laughs> I think I think you're I bearing struggle. out. We mm-hmm. need to do better. Um, there's so many of us that we, because we were born here, we just think, okay, well, that's that's good. Now, what happens if people know know a right in the First Amendment but don't uh, know how, what it actually means? Now, does that actually count? Because, I mean, I like when, knowing pe- it when is people the maybe will come at us for violating their First Amendment rights. Oh, I see where you're going uh-huh. with that. Yeah, you know, yeah, like maybe uh, we can't. Yeah, that's what uh-huh. I was touching. That's uh-huh. I was touching on uh, on that about you don't even know what your rights actually do and what mm-hmm. they don't. So, you know, your First Amendment is designed to protect you from the government, not mm-hmm. from me. Mm-hmm. You know, or you, or and so. your First Amendment doesn't mean you can say anything. That's absolutely right. Yeah, <laughs> you can't you can't scream fire in a theater. Exactly. Or, I love that. That's always the go to. Oh, it's because it's been around. Since, I know. It's just it's been around even, since the woods burn over. Even when I took my broadcast law class at, at Western, it was mm-hmm. always you know you can't do that. Yeah, you it's can't like, okay. scream fire. You can't scream fire in a theater. Uh-huh. Um, what will what will we use that as an example when there are no more theaters? Uh-huh. I don't hey. know. I don't know. I don't know what can't we'll shout do. it at a ball game. No, probably, you can't, can't do probably that. Probably, might, might, I mean, it's sad to say this, I can't shout gun in a school or something. Or Although, gun at it a this way. Public place. We do let people at, in ballparks, we do let them, we do scream charge. We do. But, Baseball but games. people mm-hmm. don't charge. You know, because if mm-hmm. you said charge and people took us literally, people would charge out on the field. Mm-hmm. But we don't we don't do that. So somehow we know the difference in that. But we don't know the difference in yelling fire in a movie theater or any theater for that matter. If you think about it, Queen Elizabeth II continues. So we're wrapping up the 24 hour first 24 hours of lying in state at Westminster Hall. And they say, you know, the line is for the first uh, until this time yesterday, the line was static. And so people were queuing up and some people were basically camping out because they weren't moving. But once the line started moving, it's constantly moving because it's 24 hours a day. So this time yesterday, it was it was speculated that it would take 20 hours to get through the line. I, is there anybody you would wait 20 hours in line for? Um, no. Well, well I mean, probably. Um, I have family members that I would do that for. Yeah, I mean, um, your, your mom and your dad. Yeah, I mean, but... Um, Christy, there's nobody. But you wouldn't have to wait for yeah, your mom but, or your dad. Yeah, you wouldn't have to. No. But I'm thinking about um, no, not even Snoop. No, not not Snoop. Yeah, I mean, there were. I heard a lot of people saying there's not anybody that I would wait in line 20 hours for. Uh, but I think that might speak to the level of well, if you're if you're a royal subject in the United Kingdom, maybe how you well, might feel about the monarch. I know you share the story, Billy Graham, right? That, that he, yes. how long would you have waited in line before oh, you would gosh. have said? How long would I have waited? Before uh, you would have said, okay, it's, oh, I can see pictures. Because that's, that's kind of the thing. Is it's question. like, um, you know, longer than you might think. I was, I was going to say, I was going to say, I just said, I said an hour and then I started thinking, no, I would have gone two hours. No, I would have gone more than two hours. So I kept escalating. It was more about being in the place at uh-huh. the proper time. The other thing is I didn't have anywhere else to be. You know, I was there. My flight wasn't leaving. My flight wasn't leaving any earlier if I got done sooner. So um, to be there in that moment in time, someone lying in state, you know, on the same catafalque that Lincoln was on, et cetera. Yeah, I, I would I, for a while, but not 20. Certain, definitely without a doubt, 20. I would draw the line at four hours maximum. 
Yeah, I don't. I just don't know that I can. I don't know that I have that either. I don't know that I have four I guess, hours, you, you but know I know what, I couldn't exceed. You know, four it might hours. be how long's my cell phone battery got? <laughs> that might be the. Well, yeah, that's because once yeah, that's gone, because then you got to talk to the people around you. Bit of good news this morning. Sounds like the tentatively the railroad strike has been averted. So if you thought we had supply chain issues uh, before, a railroad strike would have uh, made those even harder. So when we're trying to get back th- things back online, now that's a tentative deal announced by the White House. So we can't necessarily just celebrate and say it's all taken care of. But they've got another two to three weeks to figure out the fine points and figure out you know that they got all the details lined out. So that's good news uh, for some residents in. In the southern portions of Litchfield, a boil water advisory has been issued for a large apartment complex. The Litchfield Utilities issued that advisory for cave mill apartments at 400 Sunrise Drive. So you want to be aware of that. Probably if you live in that area, you've already been made uh, aware. I don't have the printed forecast in front of me, but I know that the warming trend continues over the next uh, couple of days. We really made out like bandits Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and now the temperature higher today at uh, 85 will tick into the 90s at least regionally on sunday monday tuesday but the overnight lows are still look looking at, look pretty at that good. honey fest i mean the right honey now fest forecast 70 i mean pretty nice. let's hope that can stay because i mean i don't know that you could get any better than that yeah well and i talked to mr glenn uh last hour and he was also telling me that that following week if you can look beyond saturday of honey fest like the week the next into that next week it's even cooler like you might say maybe well, like, and then Next Friday is the big homecoming event, too, for football. It is. Homecoming is next Friday. I mean, that's a heck of a weekend and good weather for that, too. Uh, The weather is shaping up nicely. Litchfield police have arrested a man for his fourth DUI since December 2018. This happened uh, Monday night about 1150. LPD was informed by of a reckless driver approaching Litchfield on the eastbound Western Kentucky Parkway. They, uh, Lieutenant, uh, uh, Sergeant Keith Harrell responded and made contact with a Toyota truck about the 111 mile marker as the vehicle was traveling 35 miles an hour on the parkway and swerving in the roadway. The vehicle was driven by 28-year-old Adam Whitman of Lebanon, failed to stop when Harrell activated his uh, lights as the suspect continued to swerve and travel under 40 miles per hour. He took the Clarkson exit, turned east onto Millerstown Road, pulled into the convenience store parking lot there where he was uh, apprehended and etc. Apparently he's a frequent flyer, maybe like fourth one in... Three and a half times the legal limit too, I think, on that. Is that what I said? Yeah, didn't see that. Uh, the Bashirs would like me to tell you that they got uh, COVID boosters yesterday. So if you that means anything to you, I just want you to know the Bashirs got another jab. So if you want to be like the Bashirs, then you can get one too. A candidate for Louisville mayor who was shot at by an assailant in his campaign office is pledging to crack down on confiscated firearms that police send to auction. This kind of intrigued me a little bit. Craig Greenberg, you know the story it happened back in the winter where a city council candidate, or I guess that's a metro council candidate in Louisville, uh, got a gun and went into his campaign office and shot at him, found a bullet hole in his sweater. There were other people that were shot at, but I don't think there were any injuries. And so that was Quintez Brown. He was arrested and charged with attempted murder and wanton endangerment. Part of the reason that Craig Greenberg says that he wants to change the way this works is that law says when guns are confiscated by law enforcement in Kentucky, they apparently get confiscated and then they get sent to the state police for auction. And then the sale, then they sell them at gun shows or they sell them somewhere. And then the proceeds go to buy more equipment for law enforcement. Well, 
allegedly what happens is these guns just end up back on the street in the hands of people that they took them away from. So Craig Greenberg is saying that the gun should be disabled before they're sold. Well, a disabled gun is a paperweight. So if you're just saying destroy, but let, I think that's a fancy way of you know, just say destroy them or change them. Don't give them back. You know, don't put them back into the cycle if you're trying to get them off the street. But the biggest thing of that story that I read from yesterday was for the first time yesterday, he returned to the building where he was shot. He hadn't been back to the location where his campaign headquarters were until yesterday, which I thought it was a little bit so. Well, I mean, it's uh, probably traumatic, significant. I mean, oh yeah, yeah absolutely. I, mean, I can't but imagine I, going through that. But I'm also not sure why he went back yesterday. I mean, I'm not sure what the significance of that was. Jim Beam plans to ramp up bourbon production at its largest Kentucky distillery to meet growing global demand and more than four hundred million dollar expansion to be powered by renewable energy. The project will increase capacity by fifty percent at the Beam plant in Boston while reducing greenhouse gas emissions by the same percentage. The company behind the top-selling bourbon said it has reached production capacity at the Boston plant, which is, you know, just up the road from us. The expansion will be used to produce two mainstays, Jim Beam, white and black label bourbons, and will mostly support expected sales growth overseas, especially in European and Asian markets. Jim Beam has registered mid-single-digit growth globally in the past two years. Years, and the new project will create 51 more jobs, includes additional storage warehouses, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So apparently the bourbon industry for Kentucky continuing to grow. I did not know that Bobby Petrino was a coach, I guess the coach, the head coach at Missouri State. Did you know this, Sam? I did. Yeah, he's been there This is maybe year three, two, three. So Bobby Petrino is 61 years of age. He is coaching at Missouri State, and this weekend he brings his Missouri State team back to play Arkansas. Mm-hmm. So a homecoming of sorts on what they're calling family weekend, which is <laughs> a little bit odd considering the way that Bobby Petrino was ceremoniously escorted away from Arkansas. Uh-huh. Not too many family, I, not too many family values in play. When I he was hope leaving he Arkansas. rides out of the tunnel on a motorcycle in a neck brace. Yes. Uh, Anyway, so this will just be odd. The storylines of this are odd, but an odd fella. I, so I know, I know people in Bowling Green. Mm-hmm. That, I've heard stories. <laughs> I know people in Bowling Green that have had up close, like direct relationships with Petrino for various reasons. And I know people from the Louisville community who mm-hmm. have had direct personal relationships with Bobby Petrino. And I've never heard anyone say a singular good thing about Bobby Petrino. Our good friend, Steve, the late Steve Meredith, yes. told me a story one time about Bobby Petrino that, and, and you know Steve, Steve very rarely would say anything negative about anybody. Sure. That was just the kind of person he was. And the story he told, wow. And and he was also the person that I knew that every word was the truth. Yes. And it was, uh-huh. and it was properly weighted. Uh-huh. Like he wasn't putting, he wasn't, he wasn't piling on the story. Well, let's, or, just, let's just say that one time something went down at the Fruit of the Loom and down in, in Bowling Green. Yeah. At okay. the outlet mall. At the outlet mall. Okay, very good. Um, I'm, so, I'm suddenly intrigued. I just... I'm not sure it's one I can cheer on air or not. You know, um, the... 
you can almost just see that like his career, the way, the path of destruction that he has, the path of destruction he has caused in the wake of his departures from various schools, some schools multiple times, would be a pretty good indication for the quality of the individual and those things line up with the stories I, again i didn't say i like the people run him in the ground every chance but they i have never heard anyone say boy that bobby petrino he's a swell guy like i've never never heard a singular person say that eku is um uh, what's his, walt wells yes had a what big heart attack Right? A few weeks ago. Yeah. And has been uh, off the sideline, but he's ready to return to the sidelines following his health scare. So he's yeah, in the, his the third season. The trainer saved his life. That's right. It was a Sunday. It was a rare Sunday morning or something like that. They were practicing. Yeah, they saw him collapse. Hours. They ran. And it ended up, he said, the biggest part of his rehab is broken ribs because when they were trying to save his life, they wow. broke his ribs. And as he said, well, I, I'll live with broken ribs if it means that I'm sure. Clear. Yesterday was a dynamic day on the WKU campus, of course. So they had some weird explosive, you know, they thought it was construction related as it turns out. But they got the ATF involved thinking there was some type of explosive device on campus that got figured out. But then some Jill wagon decided she was going to post on social media and threaten a parking structure. And so she later said it was a joke, but she's not joking after she got booked by the uh, Warren County Sheriff's Office, I think. Uh, So then that caused pandemonium and chaos on Western's campus yesterday. So hopefully they have a much more calm day in Bowling Green today than they had yesterday. But then uh, WKU is uh, the Hilltopper football team undefeated. They're going to Indiana. They've already had their bye week since they went to Hawaii and they they got started early right there on week mm-hmm. 0 and so they're entering week 3 after a 2 and 0 2 and 0 start over Austin P in Hawaii and they go to Indiana. Top's going to get the Hoosiers on Saturday. I don't know. It should be a tough game. I was hoping that that game would not be at 11 a.m. because I'd consider driving up there, but after getting back from Mayfield at 1 in the morning, it's <laughs> up there to Bloomington. Oh, yeah, I could cheer on the hilltop. Nobody wants to go to Bloomington. Well, I mean, I could go to Knoxville. It's a bad, bad place. Would you rather go to Knoxville? I actually would rather go to Knoxville. Really? Yes, because I love the Smoky Mountains. Uh, speaking of WKU, I need to tell you, I've been made aware that uh, Coach Rick Stansberry is going to be coming to Litchfield. He is going to be bringing a couple of players as well to the Litchfield Lions Club meeting and meal. It's going to be Sunday, uh, Monday evening, September 26th at 6 o'clock at the Center on Main. Um, well, Davion McKnight was one. And so you know Coach da- Stansberry. You know who Davion McKnight played for in high school, right? Who did Davion McKnight Chris play for in high school? He he, went to, oh, he, he played, so he played Collins? at Collins. So he okay. played under Chris Gaither. And then Jamarian Sharp, he's only seven foot six. Are are they going to have to um, alter the doorways? In I like the doorways do, are not tall enough. Doesn't the center on main have doors that open up for like cars to go in? Is isn't that? But that's wide, and that's not tall. Okay, well, good point. Well, well, well I guess he can, to, like, he can uh, crab walk. Corner. He can crab walk as he goes in. He can. Uh, so the meet and greet with coach and the players. Coach, uh, you can hear Coach Stansbury talk about the upcoming season. Tickets that include the meal are twelve dollars, and they need to be purchased. You can contact Paul at one eleven uh, South English Street, or 
call 270-589-2044. So this is uh, Monday night, September 26th at 6 o'clock. Coach Stansberry and a couple of his players will be coming to the Lions Club meeting. They, you you got to know by Monday the 19th. So you need to RSVP by Monday the 19th so they'll know how many vittles to fix. Fair enough. <laughs> And you got to get your picture with with Mister Sharp too. At seven foot six, that's that's a big guy. You were sad. You you won't be in town that night to be able I know, to I'm attend. To, will you? Trying to figure out if there's a way that I the way that you can do both. Uh-huh. Got it. And then uh, write this down. You know, uh, time marches on, and we have these medical milestones and these these breakthroughs. What is being billed as the world's first electric car powered vasectomy has happened in Austin, Texas. So um, a guy named Dr. Christopher Yang is a urologist from Austin, Texas. He had a patient who was coming in for the procedure, but they had a power outage at his clinic. But the patient said he had already taken off time from work. He had already prepared for the procedure. So they took the medical instruments and they powered him with his Rivian R1T truck. So it has 100, 110 power outlets. So all the equipment needed to do the vasectomy procedure, they just connected power cords to this guy's electric vehicle and performed the procedure. So it's the first, it's being billed as the first electric car uh, car electric car powered surgery i mean talk about not wanting to have kids <laughs> right like, this I, guy is serious he had talked himself into it he Learn said business. i'm doing this and i'm doing it today so wow. there you go another medical milestone and breakthrough gotta get to a break bobby and barry from ectc litchfield are here we're going to talk to them get caught up and we're going to learn a whole lot coming up here on in the note Today is Google.com day. I don't know who says Google.com anymore. It's Google day because it was registered as a domain name on this anniversary. Today is someday. You know, all those things you say, someday I'll do that. Well, apparently today is someday, so you have to do that. And today is thank you day today. So we want to say thank you to our friends from ECTC Litchfield. Uh, Bobby Sosh and Barry Williams are here to kind of help us get more... Uh, educated, if you will, not just educated broadly for purposes of being educated, but educated about ECT Litchfield, ECTC Litchfield and all their great things. Good morning, people. Welcome. Good morning. Thank you for having it's us. Good, to, good morning. Good to see you all. Uh, Bobby, I'll start. What What is your role with uh, ECT? I know you're an advisor, but what does that really mean? Uh, technically, my title is administrative assistant okay but i do a little bit of everything i do some testing i do some advising i do just about everything i do the secretary work (laughs) i mean i do it all so this is kind of a you have like a catch-all role or there's lots of slashes behind my name i got you i I have already gained uh the kind of the understanding in our in our friendship with ectc litchfield that there's not a spirit of that's not my department. Like when someone no. comes to you and they need help or they need something or they need some advice, uh, I don't think you're the type of people that say, well, you'll have to go talk to someone else. And so yeah. as a result, Bobby, I guess that's why you do so many different things. I think so. We we say we're a one-stop shop. We can help you with your financial aid. We can help you with the missions. We'll help you with anything you come to us. Barry, I know you're involved in a couple of different things. Um, uh, communications, obviously, is, is one area of expertise, but kind of define your role with ECTC. Well, speaking of uh, 
having to wear a lot of hats. Um, within uh, We get hired. They really take advantage of that other duties as a sign, huh? <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I like to consider myself sort of the faculty duct tape. I teach uh, public speaking, interpersonal comm on the communication side of things. I also teach uh, English and uh, even FYI. Uh, FYI, FYE, <laughs> FYE, got my uh, abbreviations backwards there. So, yeah, FYE, which is first-year experience so that students have some kind of idea of what they're getting themselves into as a college student. Wow. Okay, that makes sense. I mean, FYE, when you define it that way, it seems very practical. And in a way, is how do we live without that? You know, it's uh, because that can really be a, be a precursor to kind of help get you, you know, get you off the ground and, and running. What... Um, Bobby, what was your what led you to ECTC? Like, how did you? What's kind of your journey that brought you to being involved there? Well, I think it caught my attention whenever it first opened. I knew it was there. Um, I was a receptionist already, and so I had played that role and had a lot of hats where I was at before. Um, just, I was very interested in it. I was so proud that we had. A college here in our community because whenever I took classes, I had to go to the high school and take them, you know, through right. ECTC if I was able to do it in person. So it's a great thing to have in our community. Barry, what about you, your journey that kind of led you to the ECTC Litchfield campus? Well, I'm actually a KCTCS alumnus. So I graduated uh, a long time ago. And when I graduated, it had such an impact on me that that sort of defined my career trajectory. You know, a lot of people, I think, perceive teaching as those who can't teach. (laughs) But I started off with the uh, aspiration of teaching and teaching community college students because I saw what the community college did for me. So then to have the opportunity to teach uh, for the KCTCS system for E-Town here at the Litchfield campus, it's, it's sort of like the fulfillment of a life goal for me. And so I just see it as a way of investing myself into the students. I know I joked about teaching so many classes, but I, I love the fact that I get to do so much and work with so many great students and great people like Bobby and Cindy. I read uh, it, this came a release from uh, Terry within your all's organization uh, a couple of weeks ago that said more than 71,000 students are involved, are, are being welcomed for this fall semester. That's across the 16 colleges in the KCTCS system. It's the uh, state's public higher education undergraduate enrollment it accounts for 40 percent of that and that it's the largest post-secondary system in the state obviously and that in the 2022-2023 academic year approximately 96,000 students will enroll in either an associate program designed for transfer to a four-year university or one of the 111 technical uh, programs offered barry i will ask you what do you attribute the growth of the KCTCS system too? I think it's hard to nail it down to one factor. For one is we are an affordable higher education option. We're also a very diverse higher education option. I mean, you can get an Associates of Applied Science and you can immediately enter into the workforce making a really good competitive salary um, or you can get your associates of the arts, associates of science, and you can transfer to Western. I mean, our state's been blessed with a lot of fantastic uh, four-year universities. Uh, in fact, a lot of our students, because uh, of our proximity to Bowling Green and uh, 
um, and Louisville even, we'll get some students that they've tried out a freshman semester away mm-hmm. and it, it ended up being more difficult or they've had some home issues. A lot of times everybody wants to blame the students as, well, you just didn't hack it. But, you know, sometimes our students have some really complicated issues at home. And they need to come back and deal with that, and they don't want to give up on their education. And so we provide uh, a, a great option for these students to fulfill their higher education goals so that they can get on pursuing their dreams. Bobby, are we doing a good job at removing the stigma of, and I'm using my quote fingers for those that are just listening, of community college? You know, you've, you've heard me talk about you know, my experience when I was a teenager and the following years, you know, it's community college. And now it's been relabeled, it's been broadened, it's kind of been redefined. But there's still, over the last few decades, it's still kind of that stigma that I see disappearing. Are we doing a good enough job at removing that stigma? I think so. We just talked about that this week. Um, I think a lot of students are realizing the value, you know, uh, financially of coming here and getting that associate's degree before moving on. And it really gives them a chance to see if college is for them. I mean, they can stay here close to home. And I, I think that that is going away. You know, and if I can butt in just for I a I was moment. just about to ask you because okay. the reason that I want to ask you the question, Barry, is because it, it thrilled me to hear you being a product of the KCTCS system, which means there was no stigma for you. You saw it as a tremendous mm-hmm. opportunity. Absolutely. I mean, my associate's degree, I still consider the most valuable degree that I have. Um, But I also started off my teaching career at uh, a a university, at a state university in Tennessee, Mm -hmm. and and taught public speaking there and media literacy. And so then to come to KCTCS, you know, we are both, whether you're a university or you're the community college, both answer to SACS, which is the Southern Association of Colleges and Schools. It's an accreditation board that makes our degree worth the paper it's printed on so the fact that no matter whether you're a university or community college you still have to meet these same educational standards but we get to do it for as bobby mentioned a fraction of the cost and with a environment that is education centric and student centric let me take that one step further barry because you mentioned uh the efficiencies of the of the uh the economic aspect of it uh that kind of brings me to dual credit what is dual credit doing to redefine the educational landscape? Is it blurring the lines between secondary, post-secondary, primary? Like, what do you, what do you see dual credit? How is it serving us as we reinvent or revolutionize the way we do education? Well, um, I have a student right now that by the time they graduate with their high school diploma, they fully intend on having their associates as well. So they're going to be ripe for transfer straight to the uh, straight to the university. So I, I think it's exciting. I was not that student <laughs> growing up. That was not me at all. Uh, but I applaud these students that that um, are undertaking that. And so. We meet with, uh, and, and and Bobby can can go into this in greater detail, but we meet with some of the administration of the high school here in Grayson County uh, once, if not twice a week to try to align our goals and our vision around what these kids need so that we can service them best. We hear the word in your messaging, Bobby, we hear the word about affordable, you know, and, and how affordable an opportunity it is. And by being able to run parallel with dual credit while you're finishing your high school education, you're 
here, kind of uh, bringing alongside those things that will give you a, a jump start toward your associate's degree. That shaves off, you know, for pa- whether you're funding it yourself, your parents are funding it, whether you're doing student loans, it really shaves off a huge amount of the expense of the educational opportunity. But that kind of brings me to, to FAFSA. Uh, what what role I, we hear that phrase? You know, we there's we run public service announcements about about FAFSA and those things. But you all have specific days. Well, FAFSA begins. You can fill out the FAFSA. It's, it comes out new every October 1st. Okay. So and we're right so, around the corner. Yes, it is. So we're already preparing and planning for that. Um, it FAFSA is financial aid through the government. It's your grants. Um, even if you don't qualify for the grants, you need to complete the FAFSA. That's something you need before you can apply for the work ready scholarship before you can apply for loans or anything so that is very important to get the FAFSA completed uh, FAFSA is good it starts in fall it goes through spring semester and summer semester and starts over again in the fall so what we are starting in October 1st will be for fall of next year okay so you get basically a once a year snapshot of what your financial life sort of looks like or mm-hmm. what your household looks like and then that kind of dictates what benefits or opportunities might exist for you but no nothing you do december 15th has any impact on that again until next october 1 right. is that right you just fill it out once a year yes okay so you're also preparing for the upcoming um uh, upcoming term, the eight-week advantage term, which starts again in mid-October. Are those things in in lockstep? You go through the FAFSA process on October 1st, and then that kind of sets sets you up for what you're going to do in the next eight-week advantage, or are those things isolated from one another? They're kind of isolated from one another. I mean, this that we're doing the FAFSA, like I said, it's going to be looking at next fall. Okay. Um, it is very important to do, like I said, and we're there uh, Monday, the first Monday after the first is the third. So starting October 3rd, we're there if you need help. We're there to help students. Well, sometimes we have special days that students can come in. They know that we're there that whole day for that. We work closely with the high school. Um, we will go join them one day and we will help them with FAFSA and get that going. So. Barry, what do you make of these eight-week advantage, these little, uh, I, I kind of call them sprints, mm-hmm. you know, where you kind of look at it at eight weeks and you focus, you really zone in and, and get to the, the meat on the bone and take care of it. Do you like this strategy as an educator? Um, yes, I think, you know, with, with any strategy, um, you're going to have um, a weakest link. But the advantage of the eight-week advantage um, is that students for eight weeks will concentrate on two or maybe three courses as opposed to having all five they have to keep up with. And so if you if you play your cards right, let's say you take college algebra in the first eight weeks and you don't do so hot. Um, so now you have the second eight weeks to you could maybe take it again. Um, so it gives students flexibility to sort of play Tetris if uh, this generation still gets a Tetris reference. But, you know, so you can still play Tetris with uh, with your schedule to, to, to take advantage of a class that uh, you didn't have an opportunity to take or maybe you didn't do so well the first eight weeks. So it allows us to sort of mix and match and, and accommodate the student. So, for example, I have one student who really needs a public speaking. She really wants it in the second eight weeks, and so we're trying to accommodate that. And it might mean she has to drop a class to add a class. So, uh, you know, it, it gives the student uh, an, an advantage there. Uh, everything that I'm hearing and that I'm learning about this process, uh, about the KCTS, 
KCTCS system, but the ECTC Litchfield specific campus. When I when that serves as a counterweight against things that I hear on the other side about how bloated universities are and how expensive they are and student debt forgiveness and all those things, you know, I'm getting both these competing things and I look over here and I think, what a marvelous system this is because it really has trimmed all the excess out of the experience and left the core curriculum and the ability to schedule and manage and walk away with an education and a certification to make you successful. It seems like all the fluff and fat has been trimmed out of the process. Is that a, Barry, is that a good way to look at this? I think it's a fairly fair assessment. Yes. You know, I mean, a lot of our population is non-traditional students and these are kids. Well, I say kids, but these are, you know, people that have been removed from education for five, 10, sometimes 15 or 20 years. Yeah. So whatever you can do that sort of streamlines the process and helps with that process, you know, it, it really eases them into it. And if you come to ECTC Litchfield to sign up for classes, I mean, in a lot of ways, we treat these folks like family. You know, we bring them in and we, mm-hmm. we're we there to help them. You know, we don't get any extra money. I tell my students all the time, I don't get a pay bonus if I give you more A's or if you pass a class. You know, I get a, I get a flat salary where you pass or fail, uh, but I I see it as I'm your coach, you're my team, and I want you to be successful. I have no gains to your failure whatsoever. So it's a very refreshing uh, and confidence-building approach. I like it. Uh, Who can talk to me about the Heartland Book Festival? I saw a note about that. What's the Heartland Book Festival? So the Heartland Book Festival, that's going to be an event that's hosted on main campus, and we are bringing over 60 authors. a lot of them from Kentucky, publishing books ranging from poetry to fiction to nonfiction, uh, children's literature as well. Uh, I've invited my friend, Michael Regina, who is a uh, he's a published graphic novelist. He lives in Jacksonville. He's got a book out from uh, Penguin Books called The Sleepover. And he's going to come up and he's going to talk to over a thousand middle schoolers and high schoolers that we're bringing in on Friday to main campus. And then on Saturday, the event is open to the public, I think, from 10 to 4. It is the end of september first of october so i think october first is that saturday and you can come in you can meet these authors you can meet michael you can get uh get books get books signed or you can just talk to uh folks who have uh different ranges of experience in publishing books and so this is a cooperative event it's put on by some local folks uh at e-town and then our own college jackal and hawkins my division chair has got a leadership role in putting this all together in fact i'm going to be leading one of the workshops that looks at building plot by looking at fairy tales and nursery rhymes so i'll be doing that on friday which sounds engaging and sounds like there's uh, opportunity for everyone involved so that's early in october then i see a note about a pumpkin decorating contest which i would imagine is centric toward the latter end of the month how's the pumpkin decorating contest work we've done this every year uh for the last probably five years if no no more than that probably seven years at least almost since the campus has been there uh we invite students to come in a lot of times uh instructors will want them to bring in a pumpkin that is special to that area like a literature class might want you to come up with a pumpkin design that follows that something you've gone through a book you've read or something okay uh we normally 
put out cups. The students vote by putting their change in the cup, and whoever gets the most change wins a prize. All right. And we usually use that change to buy something for the food pan- local food pantry or something to that nature. All right. But it's a fun thing. Everyone looks forward to it every year. <laughs> Sounds like it's uh, morale building, and then also it turns into a competition. It so does. Some, <laughs> some uh, pride, you know, like, hey, I had the greatest pumpkin. And then talk to me about the multicultural event. I think that's coming up. Uh, that's on the horizon. What's the multicultural event? So the multicultural fair, um, we have a different theme every year. It's been unity and diversity for a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, but what it is is an opportunity. It's a two-day event. It's the Monday and Tuesday before Thanksgiving. I think that's the 21st and 22nd, if I'm doing my mental math correct. Um, and so what it is, it's an opportunity for folks throughout the community to come into campus, come into the uh, the building there, and we'll set up tables, and each table will represent a, a, a different uh, ethnic group or a different country. And sometimes you have an opportunity to sample um, food. Uh, my colleague in the math department, uh, Professor Mickey Wright, she's from China, and my goodness, she will <laughs> she will prepare like rice. I don't know. There's all sorts of good food there. So I mean, you get to skip lunch. You get to mm-hmm. learn about different cultures. We have demonstrations. Um, I, I will represent Japan or have in previous years, even though I'm obviously not Japanese, but I know a little karate enough to break boards. And when you have a dozen students with their smartphones out filming, mm-hmm. you do kata and break a board. You you really pray that that board's going to break and they didn't slip an oak board in there by mistake. <laughs> <laughs> oh, pranks. That yes. sounds like hijinks yes. could be involved. Well, it sounds like uh, not just great education, but also some great uh, events that go along the, the periphery of that experience. I just continue to marvel at the the growth of the system the new opportunities that the community has afforded and that campus over there on uh, east carol gibson boulevard what just a top-notch facility we're so glad that you all stopped by and uh, we'll see you again really soon okay thank you for having us yeah thanks for having thank you that's bobby sosh and uh barry from the ectc litchfield campus gotta get to a break we'll come back got more on the way here on in the note a bolt of lightning can reach 54,000 degrees Fahrenheit, which is five times hotter than the surface of the sun. Interesting. I did not know that. Did somebody just stick a thermometer out there to measure that? <laughs> they sure did. Yeah, they put a they put a thermometer under its arm and measured the Well, it's better than putting thermometers other places. 54,000 <laughs> degrees, five times hotter than the surface of the sun. Have you ever been close to a lightning strike? Uh, no, Ooh, I was outside recently, and I was uh, I was out in a thunderstorm, and like you know when you're close to one, like mm-hmm. when you go, oh, that was that was nearby. Here's today's water cooler question: If you've not won in the last thirty days, and you're eighteen years of age or older, you qualify to win by texting your answer to two seven zero two five nine six thousand two seven zero two five nine six thousand. A study finds you're more likely to be friends with a person whose what is similar to yours. You're more likely to be friends with someone whose what is similar to yours. 270-259-6000. That's the number you text your answer to. You're more likely to be friends with a person whose what is similar to yours. This could be anything. Well, it couldn't be anything. Nah, I mean, it, it could be multiple answers. Yeah. yeah. Our fellow Kentuckian Katy Perry is teasing a new new album plans. 
she was on the Drew Barrymore show and said, I'll probably go and make another record soon and write it and tour the world after this, which will be great. She said, so she's focused on her Vegas residency right now. But it made you wonder, you know, motherhood, her Vegas residency, is she less likely to do a world tour again? And it sounds like she is. So maybe they'll want us to house sit while they're gone on their world tour, hon. Since we're since we're fellow Kentuckians and neighbors now, mm-hmm. I hope they don't. Move How is that state. baby? Daisy's got to be one and a half, probably oh, okay. eighteen months, right. two years. They can leave like the kid. That. I like that age group. Jason Sudeikis doesn't know if uh, Ted Lasso will return for season four or not. I thought they had a well-defined plan on how long it was mm-hmm. going to last, but sometimes money talks. Because now, I mean, season three, you got the villain for season three. Mm-hmm. No spoilers in case you haven't seen it That's all yet. That's right. There is but a villain. But you've got a villain. And, and, I mean, I think if the villain is defeated in season three, I'm not sure. Because you've had the villains pretty much every season. And, right. and I think that this is kind of like the the biggest one. I'm not sure that, that another villain could, could fill that role. Which is why I think oh, it's yeah, probably going to have to end in season three. Such an unlikely villain, too. Yeah, and because then, and I think yeah. because of that. Where do they uh, go from here? Uh-huh. I mean, it's not like Beard is going to turn on him or something. And Lorne Michaels is calling season 48 of SNL a transition year. I think there's never been a more important year for SNL than this one because they got about eight cast members who are out all of a sudden. And some of them recent more and then it's just they've got to get it right or it won't make it past its 50th year but no kate mckinnon for the first time in a decade no ad bryant for a long time no pete davidson um, no kyle mooney now no vanessa viasenayor or whatever so gonna see how it uh, see how it goes gotta get to a break we'll come back wrap it up for the morning we'll also see if we've got a winner in the water cooler question that and more coming up here on in the Know. MB's point to ponder for today. What television series had the perfect ending? What television series had the perfect ending? I mean, Friends was pretty good. You were satisfied with the way I was Friends satisfied ended? With the that. Office had a really good ending. It did. Yeah. I don't remember it. I don't yeah. like the way. I don't like how Seinfeld ended. No. Uh, but in my lifetime, I know this is going to sound like a real old man answer. Mash, of course. Mash had one of the best endings. It just <laughs> they brought it, and it was this was. You talk about shared experience. This was before really VCR, certainly before DVRs. But everyone, and there were three channels. So. Well, basically three channels. So everyone was tuned in to see how MASH is going to end. So, <clears throat> How did Andy Griffith end? Uh, you know, I don't know. Yeah, I've never okay. seen the end of Andy Griffith. Right. Um, well, Because anyway. after Barney left, it wasn't nearly as good. Okay. All right. So of a bunch of the answers, uh, no one zeroed in on their smell. Oh, okay. Uh, similar smell. I said eyes or facial structure. Is that intentional or unintentional smell? Interesting. Like b- bird, dirty birds of a feather flock together. Is that? I don't. I don't know how that works. That's interesting. Yeah, body odor or smell was the correct answer to the water cooler question on television tonight. I guess there's a Big Brother eviction. Because I guess Big Brother was on last night. Uh, Press Your Luck is on tonight. Generation Gap is on tonight on ABC. And then the Great Chocolate Showdown on the CW. And then it's weird. Thursday Night Football is on Prime only tonight. Yep. It's the defending AFC runner-ups. Those of us with Prime. 
Uh-huh. Got the game tonight. <laughs> Happening in a, it's the first home game for the Chiefs since uh, they lost to the Cincinnati Bengals in the AFC Championship. I did read a bunch of the belly aching last night about, oh, prime and money. Mm-hmm. and blah, blah. Well, Let's not forget, Amazon paid for the rights to be able and, to show I mean, it. So. I'm, I'm very interested to see the broadcast booth as me, Al Michaels and Kirk Herbstreet. Yeah, those are, yeah. I mean, yeah. two really, really good bro- <laughs> broadcasters, but it's all about the chemistry. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it will be... I mean, I'll be listening for Chris Collinsworth, and uh-huh. you know he won't be there. All right, today's highlight in history: this date, nineteen sixty-three. Four black girls were killed when a bomb went off during Sunday services at the sixteenth Sixteenth Street Baptist Church in Birmingham. In seventeen seventy-six, British forces occupied New York City during the American Revolution. A federal grand jury in Washington indicted seven men in connection with the Watergate break-in this date in 1972. In 1985, Nike began selling its Air Jordan 1 sneaker. One of the the greatest decisions that Nike ever made. Sam, did you know the Air Jordan 1s would make you walk on air? Is that what they said? That's the way mine made me feel. Mm -hmm. Like when I put them on, I think... Don't you my wish? Feet, don't you wish you still had those? Oh, I definitely do wish that I still had those, without a doubt. <laughs> Put them I'd on love to know I, even what a what a oh, used pair would go for. I'm not even touching the ground. Well, did you play? Did you play like used. Michael Jordan? Uh, when you when you put them on, I played more like <laughs> Brett Barrett. <laughs> There's a name for you. I, my junior pro number was Brett Barab's number. Okay. That's why. Tommy Lee Jones is 76 today. Olivia Stone, uh, Oliver Stone is 76. Dan Marino is 61. Prince Harry is 38. Poor Prince Harry can't celebrate his birthday. <laughs> Busy burying the queen. Sorry. No birthdays during the queen's funeral. Gone but not forgotten, James Fenimore Cooper in 1789. He wrote uh, Last of the Mohicans, in addition to other things you know. William Howard Taft in 1857. Agatha Christie in 1890. Roy Acuff in 1903. Nipsey Russell in 1918. Merlin Olson in 1940. Some of you know him as a football player. Some of you know him uh, from Little House on the Prairie. He also did a lot of commercials and things back that's in the a, day. That's a pretty big gun, but I forgot. Yep. I mean, Agatha Christie. It's pretty good. Well, just that and uh, James Fenimore Cooper. I mean, Last of the Mohicans, a classic. Well, William Howard Taft? Yeah, Mr. Bathtub. Uh-huh. Bobby Day, Rock and Robin, number one in 58. Bobby Day. Rock and Robin. Rock and Robin. Let's go to 1967. Bobby Gentry, number one. With Ode to Billy Joe. Well, Billy Joe never had I, I mean, I got to give some credit to any song that can work in Tallahatchie Bridge into the title. It's a little like Lake Michigumi. I mean, name me another song that says Tallahatchie Bridge in it. I don't think you can do it. I got, I got nothing there. You're just wanting to get to that one line, aren't you? you, you no time? I'm going to give up. And then let's go to uh, 1976, England, Dan, and John Ford Coley. I'd really love to see it tonight.
tonight. Money for nothing, Dire Straits in 85. Believe it or not, I'm not going to play it. Wild Night, John Mellon, Camp This Date in 94. Can't Hold Us Down, Christina Aguilera and Lil' Kim in 03. Whistle by Flo Rida in 2012. And Bad Habits by Ed Sheeran a year ago today. There are your chart toppers. You happy I didn't play that whistle yeah, song? I was, yes, I was going to thank you for that. <laughs> I refrained today. Uh, saved, saved the do, whistling. Do, 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 do. MB's Pearl of Wisdom for today. To think too long about doing a thing often becomes its undoing. To think too long about doing a thing often becomes its undoing. MB's Pearl of Wisdom for today. Remember, God loves you, and I do too. If you don't know Jesus, let me know, and I'll introduce you. Look forward to seeing you back here tomorrow for another edition of our show. For Sam Gormley, for B, Jimmy MB, and now you're in the know.